Hello, everyone. I'm Caroline Chappell, and I'm here with our edge expert, Daniel Beza. This podcast is part of a series of podcasts produced by the Analysis Mason Cloud Practice Team on cloud-native networks and cloud-native automation. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at edge infrastructure and the role that edge plays in cloud-native networks. Now, Daniel, you said on the webinar you held recently with your cloud team colleagues that cloud-native networks need distributed edge clouds. Why is that? I think to answer that question, you can take a step back, really, and think about the the promise of 5G in the network of the future when, when things were talked about, you know, four or five years ago was that you could really spin up capacity anywhere, um, anywhere and anyhow, and, and at very short notice and say that we'd have hundreds of thousands of videos be able to watch concurrently streaming World Cup, that that type of a scenario. Now, to, to support that, you really need something that, that a network that's, well, first of all, it needs to be virtualized. That's pretty much done, I guess, but also it's going to have to be cloud network. That was a big theme of the discussion we had during the the uh, webinar um was taken by my colleague Gherkin. but um it's also you should maybe think that it's not just Wembley that you're going to need all these streams for it's also going to be places like Glastonbury that are a long long away away um and actually you really want to spin up capacity anywhere now to do that you're going to need something very very different from a centralized cloud um you're not just going to be able to deliver things in London you're going to need to deliver things all the way across the country um, and that requires a distributed cloud. Now, there's two elements to this um, to get down to nitty gritty of it. I mean, the first is that the, the increase, the enormous increase in resource um, and power requirements that you're going to see um, with a with a cloud native network. Um, with with um, 5G, the RAN is going to need the baseband, for example, the, the, the requires 20x the amount of processing power we had before. Um, the RAN DU. Um, which is what supports the layer one network functions and what does most of the RAM processing power, um, is also an enormous user of um, processing power and a scale form which we haven't really seen before. So the VRAN um, is really going to need to sit on an edge cloud. So that's the first thing. The, you know, the 5G network is going to bring an enormous increase in the amount of capacity um, and, and, and quality of, of the bandwidth coming through it, which in turn is going to require a lot of edge resource just to support it. Um, and the second aspect of this is, is the disaggregation aspect. Um, 5G networks, they're becoming like microservices. Um, and probably the most actually most egregious example of this disaggregated um, microservices type architecture is the VRAN itself. Um, if you, for example, you could run a CU um, in a central cloud. Um, and meanwhile, you can have the DU running, say, co-located with the uh, radio unit in the cell site. Or alternatively, you could run elsewhere, um, separate it from the from the radio unit, and actually have it supporting multiple radio units itself. Now, th this cloudification, um, of course, is going to be fantastic for operators. It's going to give them this kind of flexibility that I talked about earlier, which enable them to do things like support vast numbers of of live streams at Glastonbury. In fact, I think Vodafone would did that really quite recently in the festival. It's just gone. Um, but this is also going to require them to run network functions in clouds um, that are close to the edges of the network. So that's that's why I'm saying that you need these distributed cloud support, cloud native network. Okay, but it's not just cloud native networks that are going to need these distributed edge clouds, is it? I mean, if you think about the network is actually operational technology, there are other operational technology applications, potentially IT applications, that will also need the edge. So what, what uh, in your view, um, uh, will uh, the opportunity look like for operators? Uh, and is it going to be something that they can realistically address or is it going to be something that's going to be too complex? 
Well, yes, that's very much two questions, isn't it? I mean, there's definitely a great opportunity for them. I mean, if if as they as we say, you know, they are going to have to build this distributed edge cloud, um, then it's obviously going to make an awful lot of sense um, to co-locate IT and, and OT applications um, that are run by enterprises um, with them. Um, and of course, then there's a demand question: is you know, do, do do enterprises actually need their IT and OT applications to be co-located in the edge? Um, and the answer is yes. I mean, we're seeing plenty of drivers um, for this. I mean, uh, people talk all about latency. I think we're seeing less on the latency front, and almost downgrade the importance of that in everyone's mind because I think it takes us down rabbit holes. But I think if you think of le- uh, uh, local decision making, it simply makes sense. For example, to you know, if you're run- running. Um, uh, real-time analytics and using vision inferencing to um, superpower uh, fault detection on an assembly line it simply makes sense to actually process all that video and process that real-time analytics right then, there, and there, rather than ship it off to central cloud. Um, other great use cases we're seeing are, are in autonomy. Um, quick service restaurants, for example, need to be able to run autonomously. You need to run all their functions autonomously across the stack um, for sometimes up to five, six hours. Um, and they've made extraordinary strides in this area. For, I, mean, I think some of them, for example, ones we've spoken to can actually um, process point-of-sale applications, even if their electricity is down for five, six hours. So there is the demand there on the enterprise side. And operations, they're in a very good position um, here um, in many, many ways. Um, they own the infrastructure. They've got the long, long, long expertise in running distributed network, and they've got lots of local knowledge. But I think if we're really honest, it isn't going to be that easy for them. Um, enterprises are going to be looking for, for really a partner here. They're not looking for someone who's just going to offer them a device or a component. Um, they, they need someone that's going to be able to source and integrate and, and, and fully manage the life cycle of the whole value chain. Um, and that's something that's really quite outside the expertise of, of, of most of the operators we deal with. So they're either going to have to build in, in bring build competencies in-house or they're going to have to partner up very, very effectively. And they're also going to have to think about going sales in a very much more different way. This isn't a question of selling, you know, office of uh, Teams licenses or, or G Suite. You know, this is this is a complex solution sale. So it's going to quite quite a big mentality change. But also um, on the operational side, the management of um, at the edge is going to be extremely complicated. It's, you know, it will be distributed and it will be um, cover multiple geographies, and there will be an enormous array of, of devices and apps, many of which will be very old, many of which will be very proprietary. Um, and this is going to need um, some very, very high-level automation. In fact, it's going to it's going to really, really need cloud-native automation. Um, um, but the cloud-native automation stack we've seen is very much built for that central cloud. Um, it's very much built to run, you know, near an internet exchange point in a centralized fashion. And it's going to need a lot of retooling to meet the the, the requirements we're going to see at the edge. Um, for example, it's going to need to enable that that autonomy I just mentioned um, with QSRs need to run without power or connectivity for six, five, six hours, sometimes even longer than that. Um, it's going to need some sensitivity resource capabilities um, and so on and so forth. Okay, but this rather begs the question of where is the edge? And I think you've mentioned uh, a number of different locations. For example, you've talked about the uh, the virtualized RAN and the you know, where where does the DU run? Does it does it run at the cell site? Does it run sort of nearer uh, at a local exchange? For example, in the case of of Glastonbury, you've talked about on-premise uh, operational uh, applications in quick service restaurants. You know there are a lot of different edges that are implied by what you've just said. So 
can you uh, give us some uh, you know, give us some idea of where you think the edges are and 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 where they might be in the future? Well, we've well, rather I've put together a, a taxonomy of, of of edge, which really divides it into into three. And the first is that three categories of edge. The first is that 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 edge, that Glastonbury edge, so to speak, which we call the, the industrial edge, the far edge. And then the, the the second is kind of the the cloud out edge we're seeing where we're seeing public cloud providers and operators building um, compute out, um, you know, deeper and deeper into the network, but they're essentially keeping everything um, on net and to themselves. And the third is the interconnect edge, um, which which is where traffic breaks out onto the internet. We see that um, going ever and ever deeper into the, into the network. So we've got those three type of edges and currently the cloud native network is, is, is running in those metro and industrial edges. Um, and that that's really what's opening up the opportunity to collocate those IT and OT applications. That's where operators are going to want to collocate those in the metro and industrial edge. Now, the interconnect edges, they've been fewer in number historically and tend to, be, because they're mostly driven by content delivery networks, they tend to be closer, closer to those to central uh, internet, um, internet exchange points and central cloud um, areas of concentration in central cloud. Um, but we think, or I think, um, that, that we're going to see new cases that are going to drive that interconnect deeper and deeper into the network. That's a really, really interesting trend here. And we think also that's going to create a dilemma for operators. You could call it the operator's dilemma. Um, they, 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 are not as, they don't want to welcome this interconnect coming deeper and deeper into the because they like Metro Edges because they want to keep traffic on net and they want to give their customers a better experience. But um, what we're going to see, and in fact what we're seeing already, is new entrants such as neutral hosts and colo specialist collocation providers like Vapor.io, and some degree content delivery networks um, coming in, starting to offer full complete um, packages, full compute packages. And that can really, really shake up the value chain and provide, and provide quite a threat to the operator's business, actually. It can monetize it even further um, into a sort of dumb pipe-like operation. Okay. Uh, and you recently uh, published a, a forecast on the supply side for, uh, for, for, this, for these public edges, these public uh, um, interconnect and, and metro edges and so on. What are the trends, uh, the overall trends you're seeing here? And uh, can you give us some, uh, some flavour of that? Well, on the public edge, we, we, the forecast we put out as a public edge forecast, we'll be doing a private edge one later. Um, so this is for shared. Um, so currently, I don't think it'll surprise anyone this call to hear that actually there's not a great deal of building of the industrial edge. There are some, like a specialist like Vapor.io and the tower companies to some degree, but the very great majority of building is is, is happening at the metro edge and the interconnect edge. Now, um, on the metro side, as I said, that's people like public clouds um, and operators building out infrastructure. And the public cloud side is quite often it's very tactical, um, very cloud out. They're just filling gaps in in in, in coverage. Um, the interconnect side also is, is quite busy. As I said, you know, a big trend is we're seeing content delivery networks moving from just caching video streaming to some, offering something like a full compute platform as well. And also we're seeing Equinix build out in ever in smaller and smaller metros. So so the, 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 those are the trends and those are the most of the people who are building. I'd say that um, although there aren't a huge number of, of um, investors and people that are building out edges, those that are are, are making very large investments. I think 80% of the... 80% of the amount of money spent on building edge infrastructure spent, I think, by the top 10 um, that we see. And they will be very familiar names to everyone who's listening to this. Um, so just to finish off, um, what trends am I seeing? Well, I think, um, just leave everyone 
um, who's been listening to this and has got this far, leaving with three things to take away with, three trends um, that we're seeing and we think we're going to see over the next five years. First of all, um, we think there's going to be a tipping point with the adoption of VRAN in, in 2025, 2026, and that is going to, we're, we're going to start to see as operators actually coming to the market. At the moment, they are a presence, but a very, very small presence. Um, but we're going to see them coming more and more and starting to build out edge compute infrastructure at the cell site and possibly much more, we think much more uh, to aggregation points a bit further back. Um, that's trend number one. Trend number two um, is we are seeing, or we think we're going to see, in fact, we're seeing this trend already happening. We'll see metro edges becoming, um, converting into interconnect edges as that trend of um, interconnect moving deeper and deeper into the network continues to grow and grow and get momentum. And the last thing we're seeing, um, and we think we're going to see more and more of, is is the very, very large-scale builds occurring um, in places like China um, that will really quite simply dwarf the investments made in places like Western Europe and US. And it's not that we're not going to see cell site edges being built and um, metro and aggregation point built. Ah, sites being built in Europe and the US. We are, we're going to sit on quite a large sale. It's just the scale of them um, in China and to a lesser extent, India is just absolutely enormous. Um, tens of thousands of, of, of edges are, are going to be built there, we think. And that has big implications in terms of, if you think of, they will almost certainly um, have a metaverse ready infrastructure a long, long time before we do in Western Europe. And so perhaps the the the, the gravity of, of innovation will shift um, over towards there. And in many respects, it has already. Maybe that process will be accelerated. So that's my three um, takeaways for this podcast. Um, there is, as I think we've already mentioned, there is a webinar where I discuss um, cloud native, edge native with my two colleagues, um, Adora and Gurkham, which is available. Um, and if you'd like to receive future episodes, um, you can do that and receive them automatically. Please subscribe to the Analysis Mason podcast. And thank you very much, Caroline, for being my interviewer. Um, this is my first podcast, Analysis Mason, and thank you all very much for listening. <laughs>